0: guys welcome back to minus 16 with me david lewis the podcast where we talk about everything apple tech geek audio and YouTube and this week we've got another very special guest on the show with us. If you've been into tech YouTube over the last couple of years you're bound to have come across Sagi on Tech Gear Talk and he is our very special guest. On this episode of Minus 16 we're going to peel back all of the layers that makes his channel so special from the beautiful beautiful bits of artwork that are his thumbnails to the production pipeline, his ideas, the way he shoots video and just the general business and day-to-day running of a huge and successful YouTube channel. So here is Sagi from Tech Gear Talk. Hey Sagi, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. This is gonna be fun, I'm excited.
0: The the thanks is all mine. And um, do you know, you have the dubious honor of being the very first tech tuber that I ever watched. Now don't say that to every guest I have on, don't worry, it's not one of those cheesy (laughs) intros. You are actually, I was thinking about buying an iPad and it was your video that I came across first. So your your tags are obviously spot on. (laughs)
1: Well, wow, that's that's crazy. I was like, yeah, it's just like a pickup line. It's like this is like your first line to start every episode with. Absolutely, You're the first person.
0: <laughs> um, wow, that's banana. It's crazy, isn't it? It was weird when I was preparing for the interview today, and, uh, and I was thinking, I'm actually talking to you, and people can't see, we're doing this via Zoom, and I'm actually talking to Suggy on his set, so it's almost like I'm stepping into one of your videos. I'm quite made up myself. Yep. but <laughs> So just before we, I want to try and peel back the layers of, of your success and what you've done on YouTube, but before we get to the tuber, what was your background prior to that, and what led you to the point of wanting to start a channel?
1: So my background was in uh, web development and programming. Uh, I was working on web-based applications like back in 2000. Um, And from that, it it evolved into more uh, like website design and graphic design. I always had an interest in photography since high school. So the creative portion was sort of my break away from programming. Like I would program during the day and then I would get to do something creative and fun. Oh, so the creative was your passion.
0: The creativity was the yes. passion,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like coding too, but the, you know, like, there's only so much you can stare at lines <laughs> of code. Um, <laughs> for me, at least. I could. Um, and then the way... Uh, so I, I, I got really interested in video when the Canon 5D Mark II came out. And, and then it, all of a sudden it was possible to create really, really nice content with a relatively inexpensive setup. Uh, by comparison to, you know, professional cinema cameras.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I already was using the gear for photography. So that sort of got me into video. Yeah, and I actually had a friend who had it, still has a YouTube channel, uh, not tech. He's, he's actually, uh, he does saltwater fish and coral. And he sent me an MKVHD video because I had never seen, like, I didn't even know tech YouTube was a thing. And he sent me an MKBHD video and he said, like, you could do this. Um, And I remember watching a video and just being blown away and thinking like, I can't actually do that, but I can, I can do something. Um, And that's, that's how it started. That, that was the, that's what led me to actually try.
0: So here we are almost six years. Will it be six years in November? Am I right in saying? Yes. Yep. Um, And six years and 300, 466,000 subs later. I think you've sort of got a yep. YouTube chops down, haven't you? Uh,
1: you so here is like to, to get more of, a, 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 of how my journey looked. So I had mm. two full-time mm. jobs when I started. And, and so YouTube was like the third thing I was doing. Um, and realistically, like I just didn't have enough time. So if I were, look, if I were going back, if I knew what I know now, hey, everybody with twenty twenty hindsight. But back then I was just practicing. Um, and the good thing is, it, you know, it's like, you don't have any subscribers, you have nothing. So it's very low stakes, uh, which was a good time to try stuff. Um, but actually on my, on my third or fourth video, I don't remember which one it was. It was a Netgear, uh, product called a Netgear Orbi. Orbi. And I've seen it. Yeah. Which I needed because the, the, the anyways, the, the house, um, and, uh, uh then someone from Netgear contacted me. Uh, like the second day after I published the video, like in the comment section, uh, and I don't know if you heard the story before, but it was, I, I was just thinking, oh, that's good work by Netgear, sort of monitoring social media. Um, and they, they said, hey, it's so-and-so from Netgear. Can we jump on a phone call with you? And I remember saying, okay, uh, jumped on a phone call with them and they, they said, hey, we saw your video. We liked it. Do you want to come out to the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas? And i said okay hold on i just want to make sure you saw it's my channel Uh, i have like four subscribers um like my mom and a few of my friends but that's that sort of gave me proof of concept that i was like okay this is doable i didn't know it was an outlier obviously I, i didn't hear from another company for a very long time after that but that was that at that point i was thinking okay this this is something that i i can do and and maybe should allocate some time to and once i Uh, stopped doing one of my jobs, I sort of went 50-50. And when I saw that YouTube really was getting traction, I shifted to full-time.
0: So when you started off and you were still running the other two jobs, did you, at the back of your mind, think that this could become a job? Did you think it could become another full-time profession for you? That wasn't something that crossed your mind? No.
1: and, And I just didn't know enough about it uh, it, and again, I sort of treated it as something that's fun and it was like neat. And when I was getting views, it was cool. And if I wasn't getting views, it, like it was fine. I was just trying different types of stuff with every mm. Different, mm. different things with every video. But I, I didn't know enough about different ways to monetize it. And I was thinking of only AdSense at the time or maybe uh, uh, sponsored videos in the future. So there. Uh, I didn't have um, as I didn't do enough research and didn't have as much information as I have now about what's possible. Uh, And I think a lot of the stuff that happened like during the pandemic on on Clubhouse uh, and getting in rooms and talking to a lot of people like that was something that we like most people weren't doing before.
0: And so early on, if I go, I know you, you have got some videos on your channel still from 10, 11 years ago, but I think it was sort of the six-year mark when you started posting regularly and taking it really soup. I see you smile ruefully as I say that, yes, I've been looking at your 12-year-old videos. <laughs> there is no hiding in this digital world. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, they're part of the journey, right? Exactly that, exactly that. But early on, you started with a much broader spectrum of, of, of video, of, of your content was much broader, wasn't it? At what point did you decide, in your journey to begin to niche down, it's a terrible phrase, but you know exactly what I mean, to focus more on, on, on consumer goods, you know, such as phones and tablets. When did you decide that was the time to make a change?
1: Okay, that's a, that's a good question. So I made actually like two transitions in the channel. So in the beginning, I really was thinking it's my the background, you know, that it includes marketing and advertising and, and branding. And what I was thinking is I just need practice making videos. Like the mm-hmm. product doesn't matter necessarily. I need to get better at so many things. I need to get better at getting the video ready, working on doing research, filming, editing, promoting it, the thumbnails, all the, So I just needed reps. So at that point I wasn't so focused on views or subscribers or anything like that because I just needed videos to go out and, and get a little better with every video. Once I had somewhat of a catalog, then I looked at what my audience was responding to. And there happened to be an overlap of photography and video gear and uh, high engagement. So then I said, okay, well, I love photography and video and people seem to like the videos. So then I focused almost primarily on that type of content. So that was my first niching down. You will. Uh, And then the second one... So so I didn't want to go too wide too soon. I wanted to create enough of a base of... It's not even subscribers, but of regular viewers. So people knew what they were going to get from you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and once I had enough of a base, then I started trying, like, uh, one video here, go back to photography, another video. And once I saw that people liked another type of video i brought it out and i hope to do that again um over the next year
0: something that i made a mistake of is you know i'm very much just at the start on on youtube it's only sort of six eight months old um and i got a little bit of luck with a, a, a video on a headphone i've never considered I'm, i enjoy audio but i don't consider myself a real audiophile and i try to go that route but this the, the what i'm trying to get to the point is it was beginning to cost me a fortune in buying headphones to keep reviewing and i i I think the viewers thought i was being sent these headphones you and i know the game well enough to know when you're starting out the scratch you're not given anything so it was costing me hundreds every week just to try and bike and i thought this is not the way to go forward how did you approach that because tech is an expensive niche to be in isn't it if you're trying to stay up with you know the big boys it can be hideously expensive and your content will clearly stand more chance getting found if you're talking about the latest stuff but most content creators starting out can't afford to be in that how did you approach that whole quagmire all
1: right so in the beginning i really just reviewed whatever gear i already had because again, my focus wasn't yet on getting the most views, because it wasn't, like I was thinking, it doesn't, it won't help me to get a ton of views if my videos aren't good enough. And by good enough, I don't necessarily mean production value, I mean that I'm actually providing enough value to the viewer, like I'm not good enough yet to even want a lot of views yet, that's, honestly. Um, So it didn't matter, like I reviewed like a charger or uh, like accessories for phone cases. I, I, reviewed, I reviewed anything that I already had so that I didn't have to spend a ton of money. Um, then I started having relationships with vendors who would let me borrow stuff. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't give me stuff, but they would let me borrow it. so you just have review units as it were yep and then i would send them back Mm -hmm. um and that was so that was helpful because i didn't have to buy every piece of gear that i wanted to review um and and again if you're if we're talking about cameras and lenses that easily i mean you can you can just spend so much money yeah yeah um and 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 it's even like it's like painful to buy because you know like you get into a lens system so i i don't care what it doesn't matter what anybody uses but you don't want to have to buy those same lenses for other brands to be Mm. able to test with different cameras so that was the part that actually was getting expensive because while i could borrow let's say a camera body i still needed lenses for those cameras um so that part did eventually get a little expensive but i was to be smart about it or and, and and i would uh see if there was a piece of gear that was getting traction then i would buy it even after borrowing it so that was kind of a long answer to that
0: yeah well, i think it needed it because it's, it's a really it's it's easy to disappear down a rabbit hole with this i found and before i knew it i was constantly constantly buying thinking the next review would be the one as we all do and i thought now this has got to come back so i i kind of evaluated what i was making videos on Um, and yeah, just because I had a bit of luck early on, I didn't think it's sustainable either. I wasn't, I didn't know enough about what they wanted to know and I'd get found out soon enough.
1: Yes. And, and I think that enough, I think comparing to the big YouTuber and, and in no stretch of the imagination, I I think I'm getting to like medium now, but I mean, big as in millions, you can't keep up. Like that can't be the, you can't start out thinking I'm going to do what they're doing because we're all just working on a different scale. Mm -hmm. But I think that a lot of of YouTubers who are starting don't do enough of is hit the same product from multiple angles. So you got a, uh, it doesn't matter, a camera, let's say for example. So yes, you could do a review and then maybe you can do a comparison. But then maybe you do another video on macro photography and another one on wide-angle lenses and another one on uh, cinematic settings for that particular camera, whatever it is, so that when you get a product, you're getting five or 10 videos out of it instead of one.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, so you're getting value for money from that outlay. And,
1: and then if you sort of look at your ROI per video, then now you have five or 10 videos to pay for that product versus just one. Because look, at the end of the day, we we don't know which video is going to do well. We 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 could have a sense, right? And if a product is brand new, it's more likely to, but you could do a video and it could be great and you spent all this time on it and it didn't get a ton of views. Um uh, you could do another video that didn't take you very long, but it just hit the sweet spot for whatever reason and and it, and it works. So it was a no, it's another reason why i think getting more reps and having more videos out there just gives you a better chance at hitting the right viewer
0: at the right time looking back on your career can you think of a video at a point when it suddenly began to take off on a regular basis not just the odd spike where you got a good few thousand views on a video but where regularly you'd be posting video and thinking yeah i'm going to get decent views now consistently was there a pivotal point, and what do you think that may have been down to? I'm not sure I'm there yet. Um, oh, looking at your views, they're, they're they're good, and um, I've got another okay. question to ask about later on. But yeah, I mean, your views are consistent. That's the interesting thing when I compare you to other creators. Okay, so what I would say is that was actually a goal. My
1: because when I looked at my videos, I was thinking, okay, like I'm a, I'm like a math nerd, and so I'm thinking. Uh, on, on every level, like if I, if I have, if my videos get a hundred views a day, then how many videos do I need to have in order to get X number of views, right? If I want a hundred thousand views a day, I need a thousand views. They got a hundred views and that's sort of how I looked at it. And so my whole approach to content creation, I know it's, it's probably completely different than most, uh, uh, other creators, but it was to create evergreen content. That is like none of my videos will go viral. They just won't. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just not the type of content that I create. But what I hope is that every video gets views for two or three years. And that, like, to me, that's successful because now I have, I'm aggregating all those views from videos that I did two or three years ago. I'm adding the videos that I'm doing right now. So it's funny that you said consistency because that's, that was, actually the mindset in the creative process
0: whenever you get ready to have a guest on you i think part of my job is to do some research and because you've given your time kindly and i was looking at your stats that obviously i that i can see views and it was that level of consistency now jumping slightly out of kilter with the way i was going to ask the questions but it's interesting we should be talking about this now um on twitter a few weeks ago uh, there was a lot of comments about tech being hit really hard with views and everyone's saying we're down a third, consistently everyone's down. Bl- bl- blaming it partly on the post-pandemic situation where people are back at the office, more or less time to sit and consume video. Have you noticed a dip? And do you think, it's a, a, and do you think there's a problem with YouTube versus TikTok and the whole shorts revolution that is sweeping through YouTube at the moment? Um, yes, there,
1: well... Yes, I guess there is, so, there is a dip. Um, I, I think it, it's actually that, that it, it's not so much there was a dip, there was a, a huge peak. So it just seems like a dip. Ah, uh, um, but see. That was had, the
0: artificial high.
1: Yes. So yeah. if we actually had a, 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 a more traditional timeline, um, I do think that short-form content is, is clearly hitting you know t- causing some of it uh because mm-hmm. it's going to take a lot of attention and it's just so much more uh it's just so much more consumable, consumable. Right? You can just consumable. go um so yes but i i also think it serves it's a different audience um so it, it, i guess if i'm trying if i'm looking for entertainment i'm more likely to look for short form content if i want to learn something um then I'm probably going to YouTube. I think where the, the intersection of I have some free time, what do I do with it? That's where you're losing some of that audience because instead of going on YouTube or watching long form content, they might watch shorts or reels or TikTok.
0: So, can we just step into your creative mind and your creative process now? You wake up on a given day, and are you the kind of guy that's got a load of videos planned? Have you got this whole pipeline, or do you work more or less day to day, week to week?
1: I have a list of videos and ideas that are already, that I I have a notion, um, and they're already listed. So, I will usually schedule out my next two to three videos. So I know what I'm gonna be working on. Uh, and then the way it works for me is a lot of times I'll work on a video and while I'm working on a video, I think, you know it would be a good video <laughs> it's if I did this. <laughs> so then I just, whatever, whatever device I have, I'm like, boom, I add it to the list. Now, most of those videos I, I won't make because the list, every time I make a video, I probably come up with three or four ideas. So the list grows. I can only do so many of them. And it doesn't mean they're all good ideas either. It's just any idea that I have, I just write it down. Um, but that saves me from thinking, oh, I need to make a video, let me come up with a topic. I can just go, like if, if something just hits me, I'll, I can go ahead and do it. But if I need to make a video and I nothing comes to mind, I just go to my list and I pick one.
0: And then once you've got the idea and you're going into production, um, obviously every video is different, but would you say, I want to talk about your your thumbnails are a piece of art and I'll get onto those as a separate entity they're a life form by themselves and I'll, I'll peel back the layers on them I think that's because of my Photoshop background and designer background I look at those and I, I can suss some work's gone into those <laughs> but we'll come back to that in a short while's time so how do you start then with your process do you start with video first do you do the A to, ca- to talking to camera first or will you do the B roll and create around that do you do the thumbnail first everyone seems to have a slightly different way of producing their video and I wondered which way you found works for you uh,
1: so i will so it depends if it's if it's the first video i make about a product if i've never used it before then i will usually get some b-roll of it uh where and when it's perfect um then i'll start using it mm-hmm. obviously i need to know what i'm going to be talking about um so I'll, i will have some b-roll of it I will start using it. Either write a script or write bullet points that I want to cover. Then I'll shoot my A roll, and then I'll probably shoot more B roll. Go to editing, and if that's the, if that's the process, I'll probably need a third round of B roll because I'll, as I'm doing the edit, I'm thinking, oh, I didn't get a shot of this. Yeah. So that usually happens for like the first type of product. But if it's a type of product that I've already used, what I do is I have a shot list. So for example, if I'm going to review a phone or if I'm going to review a tablet, I have a shot list. Like mm-hmm. I already know I need all these types of shots. And that saves me from having to go back again and again. And when I do have to go back, so let's say I reviewed this mouse and the last time I reviewed, all of a sudden I realized, oh, I need a shot of uh, whatever, the charging port. Let's just pretend that wasn't on my list. Mm-hmm. I get that shot and then I go add it to my list. So when I review my next mouse, I now on my list have get a shot of the charging port. Not that that's going to happen because that's basic, but you get my you uh, get absolutely, my,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. So obviously speeds up your production workflow. You can almost go to that, that cheat list and say, right, I need member to member this. I need this on the B-roll.
1: Yes, and it's like that's, so that's the baseline. And then anything else that I get on top of that that's just gravy. But I know that I have stuff to cover. The talking points that I'm gonna that I'm going to cover.
0: And you just mentioned something a moment ago, and you might not want to disclose. But are you scripted? Are you auto cue, or do you just have a tablet to one side and go off bullet points? Or
1: um, I do both. And to me, whether I actually read my script or not, I like to write it because mm-hmm. it helps me. Like, I can't organize my thoughts very well otherwise. Like, I'm so impressed by people who can just do the whole thing. Like, I want it organized. And the actual process of writing it, whether I actually say what I wrote or not, doesn't matter because I know that everything I want to talk about is in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sort of in the order that I want to talk about. And what I found was that when I wasn't doing that, I would repeat myself two or three times throughout the video in a way that I couldn't edit out because it just wasn't organized. So then I'm thinking, okay, well now I'm wasting the audience's time because I'm not organized. So again, writing everything out is more about creating form and structure to the review and saying, okay, I'm covering everything I wanna hit.
0: Recently, I found a way that's worked well for myself. It's, It's similar. I start everything out as a blog. I blog four times a week and I repurpose a content. It's similar because in essence, I've got that script, that blog written down and I can run through those points. And the people that read don't necessarily want to watch my videos and vice versa.
1: Yep, that makes complete sense. That's it's really good. And then you're getting another piece of content.
0: All right. Exactly that. Yeah. So. So if we then begin erring towards the, the thumbnails, I mean, itching to talk about thumbnails, they look Beautiful. And th- th- there's somebody said to me a while ago, you need to have your face in there. The face is your USP. People cannot miss your video if it's got your face on your thumbnail. I tried it. I didn't like it. Not, you know, we've all got an element of vanity. We're all in front of a camera. So it's not like we're afraid of being in front of a camera. I just didn't feel that it suited the kind of video I wanted to represent. And I've noticed there's been a shift with you where now it's these beautiful product shots. I mean, they look like catalogue shots. I mean, obviously, it helps that you, A, I don't, I'm not a photographer. That's my problem. I'm a designer, but I'm no photographer. I'm having to learn very quickly. Uh, and everything I do is on a phone. I haven't even got a camera. It's all on my iPhone. Um, so thumbnail-wise, do you create a thumbnail around what you've shot as a video?
1: It Sometimes. Not always. Sometimes. So if, I, if the video has a very specific point, like... Um, uh, or, or, or not point, but l- let's say, for example, I think a product may be confusing to people or maybe mm-hmm. it may not make mm-hmm. sense to every consumer. Then I'm thinking in the thumbnail, then my thumbnail is more thought out. Like I might want to put the word why with a question mark. So then I have to shoot for that thumbnail, right? I, I, because I need negative space to where I can put the text. I don't want to work backwards and have to like start extending background if I don't need to. Um, but some of mine are just I'm like, oh, I just think that's like a pretty picture of the of the product. Um, then it's more about just staging. I'm not worried about having to arrange text or anything like that. so it's I usually know what I want the final product to be, mm-hmm. like before I shoot it. um and the vast majority of the time it's for me it's done after the video i know like for some type of content people say shoot it you, you have to have the thumbnail done first um for the style of thumbnails that
0: i have now personally i don't feel like that's something that i need and talking to you i i get the impression most things you do are measured and considered and i think that's a, the way to success so at what point did you decide face off product on um
1: i've I don't know that I've decided it yet I I, I do I think like well face-off is easier because I work alone so it's mm-hmm. harder for me to just get even literally to just get the shot and know that it's gonna work mm-hmm. and, right all I need is someone on the other side to just hit the button a few times and be like no like your your product is facing the light and you're getting a reflection um, rather than uh, having to do that so I probably will continue to experiment with some face on. I've done some. They seem to all do about the same uh, for me. So, I, yeah. For
0: me, it's got to point now, because yeah, as you know, me. branding is one of those incredibly clever things that a big brand you can look at and you'll know it just by its font, its color, and its style. And your thumbnails are now getting, I can be looking at the phone and I will know it's your video before I see the name underneath it. 10 out of 10, I'll know it's you. And that's because of the style, the color, the saturation, everything that's gone in to that thumbnail. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Canva, but something's telling me your thumbnails are not <laughs> made in Canva. I'm thinking you're Photoshop, <laughs> boy.
1: They, they, are, they are done in Photoshop. And, and that consistency in thumbnail is important to me. Uh, and then if, again, if you... You scroll far enough down on the page, you'll see when I made that
0: shift. Absolutely, um, yeah.
1: Uh, there have been levels of styles of thumbnails, but within within each sort of phase, they all kind of looked alike. And then I tried something else that I like better, and then they all sort of looked like that. Because what you just mentioned was really important to me. If my face is not in there, but I can somehow communicate that it's a tech gear talk video, and they're familiar with it, that that's a huge bonus, obviously. Um, so, yes, I use Photoshop. Um,
0: they look reasonably complex. I mean, uh, but put it this way, they look so simple, I know they're complex. It's, it's, you, you know exactly what I mean by that. I, I mean, if
1: someone actually looked at my layers, they would probably go, why? <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, my thumbnails probably have 20 or 30 layers because I sort of treat them like, product fo- like it was a product photo. Well, that comes through. As
0: I said to you, it looks like a product shot. It it, it does, you know. It's got that magazine feel to it. It looks like torn a page out of a coffee table magazine, and put it up as a thumbnail. Thank you.
1: That's um, that's super nice to hear. Um, But like, I'll probably fix things where I'm like, oh, I'm the only one who's gonna notice that I removed this speck or this glare or that I added. It doesn't matter. Like all these little (laughs) minute details. But it's one of those things where. Every time I look at that thumbnail, I'm going to go, I should have I, I changed that. And, I'll, and sometimes I'll literally go back a thumbnail that's already up, and I'll, I'll fix one little thing and upload it. I'm like, nobody knows, Sugi. You're the only one. No one's well, noticed. But it's funny you should say it's that. It's the that right thing to
0: do. I finally this week stepped into Apple Silicon. I had a MacBook Pro delivered uh, late last week, and I've just started using it. And so I've done, I've done a video, you know, it'd be foolish not to, wouldn't it? I'm a bit late to the party. But by the by, there was a, a thumbnail I'm going to use, and it was just of the, the desktop, and I noticed the mouse pointer was just in view. So I had to go back into Photoshop, clone stamp it out, just get rid of it, because I just noticed it was there. And it really bugged me. It was, and we all know the size of these thumbnails is tiny, and yet yeah, I'd seen it, I'd seen it, and it... I've got, it's got to go.
1: Yeah, and, but you know what, there's something about that that I think is is good. There's an element to that where it's like, it's the right thing to do. Um, you, and it's funny because, yes, you can go too far, right? I, the, when we, we talk about editing, um, and I can go and re-edit every video I've ever uploaded and make it better. I could spend another hour or two or 10 on every single video and make it better. And at some point, right, you have to decide what your baseline is for mm-hmm. acceptable quality. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you, you can't put out enough content.
0: So I, I'm, I'm wary that I'm, I'm keeping you for longer than I'd intended, but it's fascinating talking to you. And I just had a couple more points that if you don't mind, I'd, I'd like to just get behind. No, go, fire before, we, before we go off the thumbnail. Also, not only are you very much product driven, you're quite text light. So this is clearly is a choice. I mean, they're very impactful because of it. Uh, And that's clearly a decision that you've made to let the graphics of the thumbnail almost do the talking and to use as fewer words as possible, not to detract from that. Would I be right?
1: Yes, I will add text only when I think it actually adds. Value, so I don't. Yeah, uh, I don't remember who said it where it's like great design is not when you can't think about anything else to add. It's when you can't think of anything else to take away uh, something along those lines. Um, and so I I really like simplicity and I want it to be clean and I want the product to pop and, and be sort of the star of the show. And so I'll rarely like just add sometimes you'll see me do it but i'll very rarely just add the name of the product or just a word that's not intended to create curiosity or like that would be a reason why i would add text but i i i I personally because okay so you're a graphic designer so you're going to get this so if i need room for text that means everything else is going to be smaller Mm -hmm. because i'm losing that space right so but i don't want that i want Someone scrolling, you know, at a million miles an hour with their thumb to all of a sudden get hit in the face with this like colorful picture of the product and immediately know what it's about. Then hopefully read my title
0: and be enticed to click on it and learn more. Here's my next point. Titles. Where does that fit into your production chain? Because titles and thumbnails clearly have to marry up, but not mirror one another, correct? Yeah. Um, So
1: one of the benefits for me is I don't use text in my, like I said, in, in my thumbnails, so I don't run into. Which it sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. Um, I, but the thumbnail does give you an opportunity to sort of say the same thing that you want in your title, but in a slightly different way. That would be another reason to add text there. Um, for me, it's uh, uh, the, the title is going to mirror. The message behind the video and evoke curiosity. Or some sort of emotion. That, well, I don't know if it will, but that's the goal.
0: I, I, I find the titles almost harder than the... I'm not saying I've mastered thumbnails, i any stretch, but I find the titles much harder to, because, you know, trying to get something snappy into a fairly short character count that's pertaining to what you're driving or striving for is really... It, this is all the layers I didn't understand behind the business of YouTube before I stepped into it. You just don't think. You look at a thumbnail on your phone and you, you think, that's quick, done. That couldn't have taken long. And then you realize. <laughs>
1: right. And as the viewer, you probably, I mean, it'd be interesting to talk to viewers. And if you ask the viewer, hey, what was the title of the video you just watched? Uh, yeah. I bet you they uh, yeah. wouldn't know. But it was part of them stopping. But it doesn't matter, right? It did its job and they clicked on it. But it, it would be interesting to see how much of it is retained. Um yeah, I, I I mean, it's fascinating. And there's so much that I I didn't know in the beginning. And it's funny because now I get questions like, um, because we just had two years, we didn't run into a lot of new people. So now you're sort of running into new people and they're like, what do you do? They're like, so you just sit down and make and record videos? And I'm like, well, I do sit down and record videos, but I wouldn't say I just sit down and record videos. Uh, But it's sort of hard, like, if you don't take the time to go through the whole process, it's hard to convey how many different hats we wear. And so looking at it from... Sorry.
0: Well, I was going to ask you, like, what you find challenging, but... Uh, So much. Um, I'm so new to this, and it's... I find that the solitude isn't a problem for me. I've been used to working alone for a long time. That's not an issue. I find... The failure and the metrics tough, and I'm sure any content creator would be honest about that. It's tough when you look at your dashboard and you see that something's not performing and you think, why? You can have one video I did a few weeks ago. For me, it went well, like 3,000 odd views. The next one, 20. OK, why? What have I, what have I done wrong? And you question yourself. And... It does keep me awake at night. It's not healthy, but it does keep me awake at night because I'm thinking about how can I improve it. There was a few mornings back I got up and changed the thumbnail. I AB'd it because I thought it must be the thumbnail that's wrong. And it's been on my mind. So I find that challenging, very challenging.
1: Yes, uh, and, and I agree um, that, that the because there could be so much variability there. Um, mm. And, I, I mean, I think the important part is it doesn't necessarily so, – Again, because I'm a numbers guy and I want to look at data, the challenging part, I think, is we don't have enough data because if you made one video about headphones and it did great and another video about headphones and it didn't do well, well, was it the second brand that you used? Was it the second model? Was it too expensive? Not ex- uh, uh, was it uh, 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 too inexpensive? So there wasn't demand. Was it timing? Uh, there could be so many variables that we're not privy to and we don't have a large enough data set to go. Well, here's 50 videos about this headset and, and another 50 about this one. And now we can compare and we can take out outliers. So I can see that part of it being frustrating. And I suppose my advice would be, and I don't know how helpful it is, but my advice would be that the win is in putting that video out. That is the win. You already won because that video is out. So Let's say the second video didn't get a lot of views. That's fine. You have another video on your channel. You prepared, shot, edited, published, promoted another video, like you got better. So you already, that, that, that already happened. Now, if you just move on to the next video, what, and I was gonna say there's nothing you can do about this previous video. And what I mean by that is yes, you can change the title and you can change the thumbnail, but I want you to, I would want you to get the sense of i've already accomplished my goal by publishing that video. Cuz someone asked me what my goal was, i think 2 years ago or last year and my goal was not subscribers. My goal was number of videos out that year. And i wanted 150 videos in a year. Um, which i didn't get to. I think i was at 120 something. 3 um, weeks but a
0: tough ask. It <laughs> was it was an and it sounds so year. simple, doesn't sounds- it? Oh, three videos, oh, only eight minutes long. And then th- I'm sitting here thinking three videos a week, man. That's that's a tough ask.
1: It it, it yeah. Um it, it was it was a lot of work, and like I said, I didn't get it, but that was that was that was what I was striving to do. But the good thing about it is that was stuff that was somewhat in my control. I can't control the views, um, but I can control my output. Um and I do think that there is if you just go, if you just continue to create, like I know it sounds so simple and, and and maybe frustrating to hear, but just continuing to improve your process, it also gives you, I mean, I love like retention graphs are are awesome. Uh, but once again, without enough of them, then you're making sort of snap decisions, right? like if you if you had one video that did well, another one that didn't do well and you're reacting to the second retention graph, but we don't know what the variables are yet. That's where I think having 10, 20, 50 retention graphs that you can look at gives you a better sense of like, okay, this is working, or this is not working. And what's funny is I actually went back and was talking to my friend who told me to start the channel a couple of weeks ago, and I went through their channel uh, and we sort of did an audit, and I said, look, let's just try to change these few things. And now we're starting to see the results, which uh, is, is fascinating to, to so, have insight.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, again, the amount of data that we're given, I'm scratching the surface, but in the studio, there's so much the, the YouTube studio app, which we all turn to. There's so many metrics in there to, from which we can go through and pour over and look through. And they, that's one thing I came from a radio background. And we didn't have anything like this suddenly I'm into a world, as you say, it's mathematics, it's it's figures, it's numbers. It's clearly there for you. If you want to take the time to look, everything is there for you. And I found that I think that was one of the things, funny enough, that I found fascinating about the world of YouTube. I think you and I possibly share a passion for Formula One as well. because I've seen quite a lot of that on your B-roll. Is that, would I be right? I've seen a lot of mistake. Formula One. Mercedes, I've yeah. seen a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, oh. yeah. Because we were t- I was messaging you last week. I'm just watching the Quali from Miami. Sorry, I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> so, and again, funny enough, with Formula One, it's the data behind the sport I enjoy almost as much knowing that those garages are live. And McLaren's headquarters is oh, five miles from where I live. And I've been to the McLaren Center and they've got a whole rig upstairs. We weren't allowed in, but the car is live in that room. They've got a rig with an actual chassis on it that's responding to that circuit. Around the other side of the world, and I find that fascinating. The amount of data they have from the drivers—every, you know, every movement they make—they can't it's <sighs> the car because they'll know if you're not accelerating, decelerating, braking too early, braking too. If they'll, and I find that data fascinating behind the sport.
1: Yes, I mean it's there's like so much more to it once you sort of open that door, right? Because in the beginning, you're just thinking, okay, like they're driving around. They're going very fast. That's, I mean, and that's, don't don't get me wrong, that's impressive in and of itself. But like, once you start diving even a little bit into it, you're like, that is, what's happening there is unbelievable. And the, 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 not even just the speed of the driving, the speed of everything that's going on and the precision that's required is,
0: it's it's unbelievable otherworldly isn't it and and, and just the, the, the perception of the drivers their peripheral vision the way they can judge at the start of a race when there's so much going on that the talent there it's it's frightening yeah uh, yes and again it's one of those things where you
1: know you sometimes see athletes doing some things and you're like i could do something similar to this. like <laughs> but some skills that they have, you're like Oh, I would crash within a hundred yards. Like first turn, you take too fast, and you're—that's it. You're done. Like you'd have no idea how to handle uh, a, a, any of that stuff. But yeah, no, it's, it's, uh,
0: it, 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 it made me smart. The amount of time I've seen Mercedes in your B-roll shots, I thought this man clearly likes his Formula One. Are <laughs> oh, you a Mercedes fan? Is that—is that my your dirty little secret? Is uh...
1: in that private? You might be seeing that in a in a in a in a video very soon.
0: Okay, okay um, but it's that.
1: interesting. I try to keep the b roll pretty fair.
0: Yeah, I, 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 again, I, I, I've got an. I, I spotted it, you see, because of course watching <laughs> it, and it was an American having an American having Formula One was because normally I'd associate you more having sort of the NASCAR or. But I, when I was seeing an American guy with Formula One video, I thought like, that's interesting. That's interesting. So it, it just caught my eye very much. So, uh, did you enjoy the Miami Grand Prix? By the way, I didn't watch. Okay. Uh,
1: this, this, uh, this, this past weekend was uh, uh, well. I mean, it was we, we had a we had a busy past weekend.
0: Well, I'm going to let you almost get on with the rest of your day. Just one question to well, two questions actually. One one question to ask you: If somebody was to come to you, meet you in the street, and say, "Hey, Sagi, I'm thinking about starting a, a channel. What do you reckon? Should I? Shouldn't I?"
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I think I think it's a great experience. To do it now, I, I sort of just like with anything else, I would have follow-up questions for them. Um, but I would say you should start and you should start now, because if you're thinking about it, if it's something that you're interested in, if it's something that you're passionate about it, I, I think if you talked to probably, even if it, 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 you're saying you're in the beginning, but if you talk to any anyone who's doing this and you ask them, should you have started sooner, they would say yes. That it's like the one thing they wish is that they would, I don't know if it's a week sooner or a month sooner or a year or five years, but if you can, yeah, start now. Because the part of the reason, I know we kind of joked around about it, but part of the reasons why I leave my old videos up is because it is a reminder of if anyone tells me that they're worried about quality, I'm like, go watch this video. Just go watch it. You cannot make a video that bad. You literally with your phone, if you tried, you cannot make a video that is as bad as that. Um, uh, 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 I'm using like three different types of microphones, Uh, some of them you you can't hear, some of them I'm clipping. Uh, It's just horrible, like in every way that you can imagine. And so fine. But you got you can't get to the second video without doing the first one. So. Have a bad video, have 10 bad videos, 150, 100 bad videos. I promise you your 101st video is going to be better than your first one. And that's why I would say, yes, go ahead and start now. And maybe your interest changes and maybe you pivot the channel later or maybe you decide not to do it, but then you'll,
0: you won't wonder, like, what if? Like, I really should have. So go go and try. You're so right. All the planning in the world, and sure, some planning is important, but nothing beats Recording, editing, posting. Until you've gone through that process, you don't fully understand what the whole game is anyway. And as you say, every time you do it, even without knowing, you are improving.
1: Yes, and I think that 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 is such an important point you brought up because with anything, it's not just YouTube, anything, you can watch tutorials. And the tutorials will show you how something is done, but you don't know how to do it. You just know how it's done. After you've done it a couple of times, now you know how to do it. And I would rather have someone watch two or three editing tutorials and then go edit 50 videos than watch 50 editing tutorials and edit two or three videos. I promise you the first person is a better editor after doing it 50 times. And I think so. it's, it's easy to get sort of sucked into the uh gathering information and and learning and i think it's to, to a certain extent it's like okay i learned some let me execute that i learned a little more let me practice that um i i think that and it goes full circle into why reps are important
0: and and last question i promise the future for you and your channel where do you see where do you see tech gear talk being say in a year's time um
1: hopefully a year from now it's covering a wider range of products so i want to expand uh, a little more uh, from what i'm doing and i have that's really it i want to maintain the level of uh or, or not not the level of production the the quantity of production if i can um, and then add different types of products. Um, and then I'm also thinking of adding a couple of videos that are that I do sort of for fun. Oh, the, like the, the full-made video
0: kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yes, because I will say that that is something I haven't really done. I've been pretty focused on work and uh, looking at the channel as a business. And so I haven't done a ton of like for me, fun videos. I think Um, I heard Sarah Dean say that once,
0: that she sort of did four or five channel videos and then uh, one for her, which I kind of get because I I can see how with the amount of content you've got up, it, it could get to a point of being, not soul destroying, but just being enthusiastic every time you do it, whereas doing that one for you will just reinvigorate and give you that enthusiasm.
1: Yeah, and sort of give you freedom to step outside of like a framework or, or a pattern that you're in. Um, sort of my whole life, my whole work life, I've, I love learning. So I would, I would see something on a website and I would just go figure out how to do it. I didn't have an actual application for it, uh, but I would want to learn how a certain effect was done or uh, a certain menu was designed. And and then I felt like, okay, knowing all those things when I design the next website, now I I can pull from new inspiration Um, rather than sort of staying within the box. I could always develop the same similar website to what I've already done, but I sort of always liked experimenting and learning. uh, And I'd love to bring that to Tech Gear Talk uh, more this year because I, I really haven't done that
0: yet. And importantly, you should tell everybody where they can find you. I'll be tagging all the show links in the, uh, in the podcast, but where can people find you? It's nice and simple with you, isn't it? Um, you can find me on Tech Gear Talk everywhere. So
1: YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Um, uh, yeah, so that, that, that's uh, pretty easy. Um, and this was great. I had such a fun time talking.
0: Well, if you if hey, I'm up for round two whenever you want it, and if you ever need, if that pipeline of content ideas ever running low, thumbnails, show us how you make your thumbnails. I'll I'll be viewer number one on that. I promise you. <laughs> do do sort of a behind the scenes there. <laughs> Absolutely, I think appeal back on that. I don't think that's just me being the designer nerd. I, I would I would sit and watch that time and time over i really would they're a thing of beauty those thumbnails let
1: that go it's fine no no don't no i'm kidding i'm kidding
0: don't 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 more more i'm loving it they stand out so much and the attention to detail just sings to me i love them so i was being enthused about your thumbnails for so long they're kind of like the go-to whenever i'm struggling for ideas it's yours Um, i go and look at so i'm so grateful like that's um that is super nice. I to love hear. the simplicity in the colour. So but anyway, I'll eulogize too much. I don't mean to embarrass you, but it's just the truth. So you were the first. And now I've got to talk to you as well. So so Sagy, so thank you so much indeed. And if ever you do have a spare hour and you want to chat some more, I'm always up for that.
1: David, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Again,
0: this this was a blast. Lovely. Thank you, my friend. That's been fantastic. All right, take care. Don't forget to check out Sargi on all of his social media platforms. You'll find him under Tech Gear Talk on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and of course his YouTube channel as well. Make sure you go and subscribe over there and uh, you'll know the channel. It's the one with those gorgeous, gorgeous thumbnails. Listed. There are serious lessons to be learned. And may I just also say thank you, Sagi, for being so patient. We did ramble on, or rather I rambled on a little bit longer than I had originally warned you. So thank you for being so generous with your time and patient to me as well. If you want to get in touch with me in between podcasts, and you know what to do. You can find me on Twitter at DTalkingTech or you can email me, David at TalkingTechAndAudio.com. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Guys, stay safe. Safe. Say well, and I'll catch you next time around.